What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Hamilton, All-American Safety for University of Notre Dame, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We are back right before the big game, well, it's tonight actually, as we were recording on Sunday evening, but obviously you'll be hearing this on Monday morning or beyond. So yeah, big game, obviously national championship between Alabama and Georgia. Myself and Kieran is with me. I'm going to talk for all, through all the uh, game's big talking points and give you our predictions as well to round off this college football season. But my friend, first and foremost, we've got to get into something. Obviously, you've had a profile pitch change that you've talked us through. Talk me through your feelings. And if you've not seen this, obviously, talk us through the bet that we had. Tell us how you felt when you opened the package and how relieved you were that it wasn't too bad. Yeah, in fairness, you niced me. You sent me a grey Arkansas top um, with a little little red hog, little red <laughs> Arkansas on. Um, got a lot of shit in the LSU chat, I will say that. That's a win, then. Um, That's all we're after. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, been called inbred... <laughs> you, you know any name you'd attribute to someone from Arkansas so it's been a little bit rough but besides that so I'm just lucky that it, it's not Bama because that, that is one thing I would have straight up refused to do that, that, that's why uh, I wanted to beat up Rob last year when he put Roll Tide in that script <laughs> and I said not fucking reading that so yeah <laughs> Well, like I said, I mean, I have said to you, obviously, we'll, we'll say this to the listener, I was looking for a pretty garish Arkansas top, but my problem was that they were all really, really expensive. I think one that I looked at was like a bog standard top with like a massive hog on it. One I'm thinking of in particular, it was like $60. And I was just like, I'm not paying that. It's only for like that's a little a bit. Mo- that's a month's wages in Arkansas as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they're, where, they're, where they're getting this from. So yeah, no, I didn't spend too much money on it. And I'm glad it adorns your profile picture now for the month of January. So if you're not seeing that, go to Kieran's profile at the Himbo F10Y. Don't do it. Have a look don't at his profile picture. I don't picture. have Twitter. He's holding up the L, I think, for the L that he held when he lost his bet. So yeah, we Oh, really- come on now. <laughs> Yeah, so we got in. <laughs> yeah, no. And as as uh, as the first year, as you mentioned before, you're good sport, and obviously, uh, I'm sure you'll be making another one next year, and uh, potentially doing another forfeit in twelve months. I'm look. I am confident in Brian Kelly, a man so cringe. He somehow somehow he's gone from South Bend to faking a Louisiana accent. And doing that great promo of Walker Howard. If he doesn't win us a national championship now, his life is over. <laughs> yeah, but, a, man, the, a man from Boston doing that accent wasn't. But, but the tidbit, the interesting tidbit is pretty much every time LSU switch coach, they've won a national championship within three years. Happened with Ed, Saban, Miles. Just saying. Okay, we'll see if history repeats itself then in a few years' time. So, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what Brian Kelly does. I mean, it's a a decent appointment. Maybe we'll do some sort of roundup where we get you to sign sign off or sound off uh, on Brian Kelly if you've not done that already. But I'm just glad we've got players. We went into a bowl game with 38 scholarship players and had John Trey Kirkland, our wide receiver, playing uh, quarterback. Mm. What do you mean? 
Well, to be fair, I mean, you shouldn't have any problems. You know, Arch Manning on the way in a couple of years' time. So we'll see. We'll see. Walker Howard. (laughs) Walker Howard's the guy. Walker Howard's the guy. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, we're here to talk about the National Championship anyway. Um, Obviously, we're going to round off the season, as I said before. And then we're going to be moving towards our draft coverage after today's podcast. Obviously, we've got our year two draft guide in the works. Um, our guy over here will be talking all about the quarterbacks and have you got another position this year as well? Or just the Yeah, I've got quarterbacks and corners. Oh yeah, of course. So, so two, two of the deepest position groups. So it's been it's been interesting, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. Making some headway. And obviously we'll be doing lots of draft-related related coverage pods, articles, obviously the draft guides to round it all off as well. Um, so yeah, no, we've got lots and lots of draft guides uh, and draft coverage coming. But like I said before, we're going to talk about the National Championship would you, first and foremost, before we get into kind of reviewing the two teams' seasons, would you say that it is the best two teams that have made it into the game? Yeah, but like not by much, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like who, we've, we've who's seen. not, or what's the kind of other interference that's come into play? The Alabama Texas AM game really kind of shocked me, really, because mm. I, I, I had to weather this narrative in all off season of, oh, Burmans fell off, they're not going to be that good. and Bryce Young ain't shit, and I told everyone they were wrong, and everyone yeah, was Yeah, I mean, wrong. to be fair, like, I think quite a few of us were wrong, because like, I was definitely like, yeah, I think they'll have a bit of a down year, maybe they'll make the top four, but probably not going to win the National Championship, maybe won't even make the top four. So, yeah, I think I was one of those people, to be fair. And, and it's crazy, because Alabama have been so great this year. Bryce Young has been phenomenal. Mm. I think he's got 46 touchdowns and five picks, Incredible ball security, great on the ground, and he's playing against Stetson Bennett. Like, I'm not saying (laughs) he's terrible, but Stetson Bennett isn't really a guy that you're looking at as sort of like some apex predator college (laughs) football guy. He's not Bryce Young, is what I'm saying. He's not this incredible, explosive athlete. He's a very serviceable quarterback, but I don't think he's going to do anything at the NFL level, whereas I think Bryce Young will. But it's that Georgia defense as well. But we've seen... Bama and Georgia this year so it's it and that's the thing with Saban he's great at making adjustments but it, it, it could go either way I mean they mm. I'm not going to say they struggled against Cincinnati because they won by 21 points but when the average um score that decides a college football playoff game is actually 20.7 points it kind, it kind of tracks so mm. I don't know man it's, it's, a, it's such a tough one to call because they're such good teams and I really think it's going to be decided by defense. And I think the fact that Bryce Young is who he is and how electric he is, I think that really will, that gives Bama the edge. But but I I couldn't pick two other teams to be in the in in the championship except for maybe Michigan. But they mm. absolutely got shithoused yeah. Yeah. against Georgia. So they, they showed that they didn't deserve to be there. And I think if Cincinnati played Michigan, Cincinnati would have beat them. And I think it would be a very interesting college football playoff final if it was, say, Georgia or Bama versus Cincy rather than mm. Georgia versus Bama, which we've already seen a million times. <laughs> yeah, no, to be fair, I think we have just about got the right to um, not, you know, like I say, Alabama's leaping to the number one ranking in the last sort of second with the obviously SEC championship and, and kind of overcoming that. So um, it's been it's been difficult um, to kind of, you know, the road to get there. But, you know, I think they, they did build towards it after being doubted a little bit in the start of the season, particularly, like I say, by us and me and one, one, one of two other people. But let's just let, take a step back from this game in particular. Let's just kind of like recount the big moments in these two teams' season. You know, Alabama will start with 
like you say, got off to a nice start against Miami. And we're not going to go through every single game. But they had a little bit of a scare against Florida. And then their chickens came home to roost against Texas A&M. That Let's kind talk of about the LSU crazy. game as well. Let's okay. not forget that. Okay, I was going through in chronological order. Oh. <laughs> but that showed the frailties there, didn't it? You know, they've had a few close scares. Like, I remember doing a podcast at the beginning of the season, before the season even started, with Alabama fan. And I remember saying to him, there has been no competition. You know, with Henry, I was saying, there's been no competition when you waltz through, blew out everyone, won the national championship, even with a blowout win, you know, against Ohio State. But this season, there has been some frailties there. Yeah, I think it, it's just a weird thing that Bama do is sometimes they have a game where they look terrible. Mm. For example, the LSU game. And then they come out the next week and they blow the ass out of some really good team. And, it, and it's just, and I know it's all Saban because he won a national championship with Mac Jones. I think, <laughs> like, I like him. He's a good quarterback, but he's not. He's nothing more than a game manager, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. His strongest part of his game is is his mental. It's yeah. not his physical attributes like Tua, Bryce Young, Jalen Hurts, these guys. So I think it just comes down to who's going to coach. And, you know, he, he's out. He's been out. Who'd he get out coached by earlier? Jumbo Fisher. He got, <laughs> you know, but then he's got to go up against Kirby Smart. And I just don't think, I just, I just don't think he's a match in coaching. So I think if we're talking about talent, they're pretty evenly matched. Both defences are absolutely ferocious. Mm. Bryce Young is clearly a better quarterback than Stetson Bennett, but Georgia's got a great O-line, great running backs, great receivers. I just It's going to come down to Saban, and I think Saban, he, he outcoaches anyone in college football, let's be honest. The only mm. time he's ever looked bad in a game was against the mighty LSU Tigers in Tuscaloosa in 2019. So... Yeah, I just it's going to come down to who coaches better, and I think Saban's going to coach rings around Kirby. Mm. Yeah, it's always a big factor, isn't it? How you've got a guy who's been there and done it. I know Kirby's smart. I think he's been in a championship before with Georgia, hasn't he? But you know, not not the season after season after season that Saban's always there. You know, it's, it's kind of a bad season in Alabama if you don't get to the final at least, sort of thing. So yeah, it's definitely a factor for sure. And then obviously we had the. Um, the adversity that they overcame as well against Auburn as well. Because if they lost that game, we almost certainly wouldn't be here with Alabama even in the playoff. You know, if they, you know, and that was Bryce Young's Heisman moment, as we kind of mentioned, Bryce Young being a big factor in this game. You know, does this show then that Alabama can be got at? Because I think it does. I think there's definitely like a chink in their armour, so to speak. And, um, you know, Georgia definitely had something to aim at because, you know, when you came in against like last year's team, just to take it back to the most recent example, against Ohio State, they were blowing out everyone and there didn't seem to be any way to stop them. But now it's kind of like, well, there's a few weaknesses here and there. You know, they've got some great players, obviously, but and the great coach, but there is some things that can be got at. Yeah, I mean, look, if if their run game wasn't as ferocious as it was, there's no chance they beat Cincy. Mm. Let, let's be honest, that's yeah. what that's what got them down the field. That's what got them into position to make passes. And besides that one big pass, which was literally probably one of just like the biggest blown coverage as I've seen from anyone in that Cincinnati secondary number eight I can't not number eight that's Kobe Bryant I can't remember who it was <clears throat> some silly sausage um basically thought the safety was coming over the top to pick up a route dropped off the receiver to to, to try and get eyes in the backfield and totally blew it but since he have laid a blueprint to how how to sort of slow this team down the problem is you got to slow down the run as well because mm-hmm. that run is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I'm pretty sure <laughs> their running back's like a seventh year senior or something ridiculous. He's been at Alabama since like 2000 and 
eight, and it, this is his first year starting. So the, the team is disciplined, and that that's the tough thing to to deal against because when you have a disciplined team with such great coaching, they're not going to make mistakes. They're not mm-hmm. going to look. We saw Cincy a player punched an Alabama player's helmet off. That's not something you'd ever see an Alabama player do, really, because they are so well coached. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's tough, but there is ways to beat them. We saw how Cincinnati run that defense because a lot of people saying Cincinnati weren't you know weren't good enough, but clearly that defense was Luke Fickle did something with those guys because they besides you know getting gashed in the run game fairly often, they were doing very well against the Heisman quarterback. They picked him off. They were forcing him to make mistakes. They were hitting the shit out of him. I was worried that dude was going to have to go out injured at some point. He was taking some wallops. Mm-hmm. Um, so Georgia definitely know if they if they get out of the gates early and just get after Bryce Young. And I'm not going to call him soft, but he's a sophomore. This is his first season starting. So a couple hits and he just comes unstuck a little bit. And, I, you know, that comes with time. As guys take more hits, they get more used to it. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what they need to do. They they know that's the biggest disadvantage Alabama is that when Bryce Young gets hit, he, he kind of, you know, comes unstuck a little bit. He loses his composure. Um, but then again, it's Bryce Young and he's surprised everyone consistently almost every single week this year. I mean, the worst game he's had all year was against LSU, a game that he would have lost if it wasn't for the fact that Max Johnson can't hit a dude who's wide open with nothing but green grass and not a receiver within 10 yards of him. So, yeah, it's a wholly confusing game because both teams are very, very good. And we've seen that, you know, if they can get after Bryce Young, cool. Uh, But it's if they can, because it's the Alabama offensive line. It's just ridiculous. Um, I I think, though, it's just going to be a defensive battle. It's whoever's defense pulls it out of the bag first. Yeah. Whoever gets the first turnover on defense, I think, wins the game. Okay, because it's just going to be a tone setter and a momentum shifter. It's an interesting one because you know we'll, we'll come on to talk about the, the key players and the QB comparison and some keys to the game and things like that. But yeah, no, I think you've, you've outlined a lot of what the key factors there. Let's look over to George then, just kind of have a little review of their season. Obviously, it kicked off with a win that almost encapsulated their season, right? A 10-3 win over Clemson. You know, Clemson, obviously, you know, as much as they won 10 games, weren't the Clemson that we expect. Um, you know, a really low-scoring game where they only conceded three points. But nonetheless, it's a win over a big team, right? And kind of set the tone for Georgia's season. You know, they held Arkansas, the number eight Arkansas at the time, to, th- to 37 zip. You know, and that Arkansas offense at that time was one that people were talking about, you know, with Traylon Burks and Jefferson and a bunch of other people that were playing really, really well. And, you know, Stetson Bennett, I think, only threw seven passes in that game or completed seven passes in that game and they still managed to put 37 points, although someone's on the defence. But, you know, they managed to kind of grind it out and kind of just stomp someone into the ground as good as Arkansas have been. Your Arkansas hogs, might I add. And then, obviously, we've got, you know, Michigan in the Orange Bowl. And again, like you said before, They've had their asses handed to them when they were on this huge roll, huge emotional win over Ohio State previous week, and they've still managed to overcome. And really, it's only that one slip up against Alabama in the SEC Championship that has that has bought the copy, copy book on this one with Georgia because they've been the best team in college football for my money throughout the whole season, despite Alabama being ranked number one at the minute. They they had us uh, Georgia had a, a run of three weeks where they only had one sc- touchdown scored against them. Yeah. 62 to nothing against Vanderbilt, 37 to nothing against those damn hogs, and then 34 to 10 against Auburn. Yeah. Ridiculous. 
Yeah. Ridiculous and in, defense. You know, in any, you know, NFL college football, that's difficult to do. But this is the SEC, you know, the, the pinnacle of college football. And, you know, it's, it is hard because college football, you get high scoring anyway. You know, in the NFL, less so. But to do that at a college level, I think is unbelievable. It's an unbelievable achievement. And it goes back to that uh, clip that you might have seen or everyone might have seen on Twitter. Not too long ago, I can't remember what game it was from. I think it was Nicole Dean like being really pissed off that they'd let someone score. I think they got 17 points and they were pissed off about it. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, Vanderbilt aren't a good team. Let's yeah, just get out of the way. Yeah. Van- they are a bag of shit because everyone there is a nerd. Everyone goes there for the education. Not from Jay Smoking Jay. That's the man. Um <laughs> But yeah, Arkansas and Auburn, both pretty, I'm not going to say great teams, but Arkansas's Service a ranked NFL, team. Uh, I think Auburn was SEC ranked team, at the time. Yeah. yeah, And then Kentucky, who they went and beat the shit out of the week after Auburn, also a ranked team. Mm. So they've been they've been really dominating, and it's 90% of it's been their defense. I know you see the 62 points against Vanderbilt, and you're like, huh, that doesn't sound like dominating defense, but... When you can't score on them and they're getting the ball back almost every other play, what are you going to do? And it harkens back to the old saying, yeah, offense wins games, but defense wins championships. Can Georgia's defense show up, nullify Bryce Young's amazing passing? Can they nullify his quick thinking on the ground? And then can they stuff that run game? Which if, <laughs> if, if Alabama does not start gashing them early with the run game, they are done for. Okay. Because that's their bread and butter. Look at every yeah, single course, game Alabama yeah. has dominated the run game almost from the start of the game. Mm. Small games they haven't. For example, the LSU game. They couldn't get anything going in the run game. They had to rely on the pass. And Bryce Young still, for lack of a better word, young. He's inexperienced. And, and I think that would literally be their, big, their biggest downfall could be Bryce Young's lack of experience. Because he's not faced a defense. Well, I know they've played Georgia and they beat them. But they're going to be a different animal coming into this game. And we saw when they played, they weren't they weren't disguising their defences in the way that Alabama normally does. Mm-hmm. So we saw like when Alabama played since he, Desmond Ritter was losing his fucking marbles. They were disguising so many looks that he, he was trying to figure it out. And it's not going to be that great when the dude's still snap clapping as a senior. <laughs> it, is, it is what it is, but I just, I feel like it's going to be a repeat of what happened, what was it, 2017 when they last played? Uh-huh. National Championship together. Very good game, but obviously that's when Tua made a name for himself. But I, I don't know how to call it. It's going to be a great game regardless <laughs> for football fans. But well, we'll, we'll, come on to, we'll come on to predictions a little bit later on where I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit and, and get something out of you one way or the other. Let's just, we obviously danced around it a little bit while we're talking about the two teams' seasons and things like that. But let's just mention the SEC Championship game really quickly. Do you think yeah. that game affects this one? Because obviously they have played each other. So I think it, it it affects game planning for both mm. teams. But like clearly Bryce Young outshone Stetson Bennett in that game. He had yeah. what, three touchdowns, four hundred something yards. Stetson Bennett did have three touchdowns too, but he had a couple picks. Yeah. Georgia's run game was a bag of shit. But then Brian Robinson also wasn't that great in the run game for Alabama. They just it was pretty much all their receivers um doing work for both off, teams. Didn't they? Yeah, I think Bowers had like 140 yards for Georgia. And, and for Alabama, I think Williams put up nearly 200 yards. Um, oh, I don't know, because I fucking hate both teams so much. <laughs> uh, no, I just, 
that that championship game is definitely gonna. I don't think it's gonna play into it too much. Besides, it, it will obviously play into game planning. Mm. Both teams are gonna have to fix what was broken because they are. You know, I know oh, it's a different team every week and all that shit that people say, but they are playing the same team pretty much. And Georgia won the first game. No, not Georgia. Alabama won the SEC championship game by quite mm. a considerable margin. So I think they're probably going to do more of the same. But Saban knows they're going to try and game plan around that. So it's going to be a chess match. The first few drives are going to be very interesting to see what both teams attack. And uh, I'll talk about more when we get onto the prediction. I just <laughs> like how how do you think Georgia are, are going to adjust after that? championship game because they clearly made a lot of mistakes but a lot of it was coaching as well how do you see them adjusting well I mean we'll, we'll obviously come on to it with keys to keys to the game that we're going to kind of go through but I think that what George has to do is just be patient just sustain drives try and get Zamir White and James Cook going and like almost just take what the defense can give them kind of take what they can don't do anything silly because, like what you said, you know, Stetson threw two picks in the SEC championship game, and that's ended up costing them ultimately. And you just can't do that because the international championship you're just going to jump all over that. And Bryce Young's much less likely to throw the game away in the same way that Stetson Bennett is. His ball security is insane. Like I said, yeah, forty-something yeah. touchdowns and only five picks yeah. over the course of the season, which is ridiculous. Mm, absolutely. So you can't give him the ball back. You can't, even if it's taking up time. You know, giving your defence a chance to rest. Obviously, the defence is going to be a big factor, as you mentioned, for both teams. Giving your defence a chance to rest and punt it away and live, live to fight another drive. You know, don't lose the game by throwing it to the other team. I think that's one thing. But I, and I'll come on to my other key of the game when I, when I come on to it. But I think that's what George has got to do. I think George has got to make it a grind. They've got to make it a, sm- a short game. I think they've got to run and use the short passing game as an extension of the running game a little bit and just kind of, um, like I say, don't lose the game. Let Alabama win it if they're going to. Yeah, because... Between Cook and Zamir White in the SEC Championship game, between two guys, they only had 18 carries. Mm. Whereas when you look at both of those guys as backs, they're both 20 carry a game backs. Yeah. And obviously you can't give them both 20 carries a game. You've got to give them more carries than what you've given them. Just Go get them the going on early and, downs. Yeah. And Zamir White especially, his legs will keep churning. He's like... He's got pistons in his hips or something. He's ridiculous. He'll take three guys in contact and those legs will keep churning and keep churning. That's it. So So maybe a mixture of like white early to let them, you know, let him grind down the defense. And then, you know, James Cook's obviously a bit quicker. And when he's trying to run past uh, tired legs in the Alabama defense, maybe that's when to unleash him. Maybe, yeah, don't have Stetson Bennett throw 50 times a game. Exactly. I think think he threw like 50 times or something in the SEC championship game. Oh, if it's, it's what, like a second and three, give him some rub routes, some goes, come back, just easy stuff. And we saw, we saw in the SEC championship game, Alabama played like a mix of coverage. And there's a lot of coverage where they sort of like backed off and sat in their zones pre-snap where you could just, it might only, you might only get three yards on like a comeback or something or a rub or, or just something quick, yeah. quick out routes and stuff. But it's not about, Hero play, hero play, exactly. hero play, hero exactly. play. Just take the yards and keep going. That's what, that's what I was alluding to earlier. You've just got to stay ahead of the stick. So, so yeah, like you and, said, patient. Yeah, that's 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 one of my big things about this game for Georgia is you never you never go broke making a profit, right? It's the, one of the most cliche things in football, but you just keep making three or four yards of play and you can't be stopped and you'll eventually be down near the end zone and then you've got to make a play in the red zone. Tom Brady's like say, made a Hall of Fame career off of that. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. 
Um, you know, and that's what I mean, you know, and that's going to help negate Will Anderson as well, which is kind of my other key to the game for, for Georgia. And, you know, it's run away scary. from him, double team him, use quick passes, you know, things like that. that that's what Georgia have to do to, to win this game. Um, and like I say, not not lose the game if they're going to win it. If Alabama, sorry, are going to win it, then let them win it or make them win it rather than you throw the ball to them, the, you know, the other team and let them, you know, kill yourself sort of thing. Yeah, and it, it's tough because Stetson Bennett's a walk-on as well. He's like... I don't know five two. He's fucking tiny. Um, yeah, <laughs> and and we saw Desmond Ridder's like six two, six three, and mm. he was getting balls batted down batted a lot. Down, yeah. Which I thought was, bro, you are tall. You cannot be releasing the here thing, really, rather than here. Um, but yeah, I think they just need to not. Re- don't make Stetson Bennett throw a ball fifty times a game. You're rarely going to win when you throw that much. I know. Uh, you know. Bryce Young, that game, probably only a few, a handful of times less, but he's a way more capable quarterback. Like, he is just way better than Stetson Bennett. That's not even a contest. So I think, like you said, be patient. Just let, just tell Stetson, chill the fuck out, bro. Take three, four yards here. Take the little dump offs there. Take the check downs. It's just whether he's going to do that. Because sometimes the adrenaline gets in your veins. You see a guy deep and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to have a punt. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, just just to give the the, the actual numbers, you, you're exactly right. I mean, Stetson Bennett threw 38, sorry, 48 times, completed 29 for 340 yards. Like I said before, you exactly got the right stats again. Three touchdowns, two interceptions. Bryce showing you right again. 26 completions, 44 uh, attempts and 421 yards. Obviously, with a bit more... Of a deep threat with Jameson Williams, three touchdowns and no pick. And I think that kind of personifies what Alabama need to do to kind of go back to them and, and dive into this quarterback comparison that we've kind of been dancing around a little bit again. Bryce Young, for me, and this is something that jumped out to me, you know, by week one, week two, I've seen him a couple of times. His poise and maturity as a quarterback is way beyond his years. You know, he'll take the check down, he'll keep his eyes downfield, he won't just scarper at the first sight of trouble. He will, you know, escape the pocket, but he'll stay behind the line of scrimmage so he can still deliver a pass. And that's, he's always passed first. So I think with that, he's got to kind of have that mentality that's kind of ingrained in him already. So you're not asking him to do something that he's not used to doing, which I think puts Alabama in a more advantageous position in comparison to Bennett, who you're asking him to play out like the game of his life to win this game, I think. Yeah, and I think Bryce Young's got those, those things you mentioned. You know, he came out of Matt a day. Mm. which, as we know, is basically a quarterback factory at this point, although I feel like he's probably the first quarterback to come out there in <laughs> 10 years who hasn't gone to USC. Um, yeah, that's true. He, he, he's come out of there, so he's already fairly seasoned in terms of like playing a very, court, I don't want to say quarterback-friendly, but like a very quarterback-reliant system. And then his first year in Alabama, we know how Saban is. We know the discipline he has, how tight of a ship that he runs, like no freshman speaking to media and anything like that. Yeah, so I think he's definitely the better quarterback. He's definitely the smarter quarterback. Just anything can happen. It's one of those games. I don't I don't want Alabama to win, um, but I don't want Georgia to win either. The only benefit to Alabama winning for me is that I can say at the beginning of the year, well, told you so. But I, I hate Alabama and I hate Georgia. So, But I did say Bryce Young's been phenomenal. So he's... He, he's you know, when we talk about quarterbacks and we talk about uh, that... You know, sometimes you can just look at a guy and you can tell he's not going to be an NFL guy. Yeah. I don't see NFL when I look at Stetson Bennett. No, There's nothing to do with his height because I don't put too much stock in that. And as the, as the, um, as the stats go, 
quarterbacks over six foot uh, five are less successful than quarterbacks under six foot. So I don't put much stock in that. But when you watch Bryce Young, you do say, wow, he has got that X factor. Just watching him play, he's very clearly talented. And, mm. and he's one of those guys you're like, damn, I can't wait to watch him play on Sunday. And I just don't get that with Stetson Bennett. And I think in games like this and the storylines that run, it does kind of play into it. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I mean, the, the actual height difference and, and the body shape and height and type that they've got isn't actually too dissimilar. You know, Stetson Bennett is a sort of 5'11", 190. Bryce Young is six foot one ninety four, so they're not that much different. It's it's the like you say, all the attributes that they've got as a quarterback that stands, stands them apart a little bit. Let me let me kind of introduce another little point just while we're talking about Stetson Bennett. And obviously, we've we've kind of been bigging up Bryce Young quite a lot, but obviously there is some virtues Stetson Bennett's game. You know, he's obviously keeping JT Daniels off the field, which is in itself a bit of a head scratcher for maybe you and me sitting away from the program. But there's obviously a reason why Kirby Smart's doing that. Obviously, last week against uh, Michigan. It was his second game this season, season where he's thrown over 300 yards, through 313 yards, uh, 20 uh, completions and 30 attempts, which is about the range that you'd probably be hoping for, right? He threw no interceptions and obviously didn't turn the ball over at all. Obviously, he's not a running threat, so that's not really a factor. But has that kind of laid the blueprint out for him? And has he peaked at just the right time with his best game of the season, the game before the championship? Not to be a dick, but it was Michigan. Yeah, but their defense has been like red hot all season as well. Yeah, but their their offense has no teeth, so you knew you were going to get the ball back eventually. You're going up against what Cade McNamara, who's trash, and I think JJ McCarthy, rather than the, the quarterbacks that you worried about with Michigan, and obviously the defense as well with Ajabo, um, you know Hutchinson, Dax Hill, the rest of them. You know, you, yeah, you've got a good team there. They, they, Sam they Haskins the only reason. ran the ball like ten times, so the running a, game that was a bizarre really, really, <laughs> really didn't factor into it when you're when JJ McCarthy has more touchdowns and more yards than Cade McNamara your starting quarterback and you haven't given the ball to San Haskins or Edwards more than 10 times mm. the, the, this game couldn't have gone better for Stetson Bennett because the I don't know what Harbaugh was doing I don't know who his OC is but they shit the bed it was terrible it was because t- look at the Michigan team that came in. They clearly could have won that game. They have guys like Hassan Haskins who are absolute game changers. They are play on Sunday players. Mm. Um, I think uh, Michigan could have won if they started JJ McCarthy because he actually looked good. Kate McNamara was not ready. And for mm. all these blue, blue chip prospects that Harbour brings in, the quarterback whisperer, it's more like the quarterback whimperer at this point because nobody coming through Michigan the past six, seven years has, has been successful. And they finally get to a big game and they choke it up again. But that's why I think Cade looked so good because there was no pressure on him because he didn't have to worry about what Michigan's offense was doing because clearly after the first few drives, they weren't going to run the ball. Um, Cade McNamara is not that guy when it comes to like, you know a true passing threat. So I think that's, you know, Stetson was relaxed. And I don't think he's going to be relaxed in this national championship game. I think he's going to get stressed. I think he's going to make some bad decisions. Mm. But oh, I, t- I hate Bama more than Georgia, though. So, I, <laughs> oh, mate, it's, it's one of those games. It's lose-lose to me because I hate both teams equally. But Alabama's just that little bit worse. I mean, that's, I, think that's, I think that's fair as an LSU fan. I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that. I mean, let's, let's uh, move on then to talk about away from the quarterbacks then. We've talked about the quarterbacks a fair bit. What about the other players who are the big players in this game? Who Zemir White for? obviously comes up. Zemir White, if you can get him 
him churning early, he's going to be a problem because he, he's an absolute monster when he gets going. Like I said, he's got those piston legs mm. and, and he just keeps driving and driving and driving. And, and, and there's nothing you can really do to stop him. But when we look over to Bama, a guy who's played a little bit more than I expected him, Kool-Aid McKinstry, he's been, you know, not terrible. And and then obviously Will Anderson is, he, he's going to be the X factor. It seems like no matter how many guys you, du- you know, you could double team him, triple team. It seems like he always finds his way to get in the backfield, whether he's disrupting runs or, or getting pressures and sacks. I think probably when we talk outside of the quarterbacks and outside of skill positions, Will Anderson is going to be the guy really who, who creates the difference in this game. And is, is Josh Job played? Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that one. I'll have to check that. Because he's, he's a very good corner, but he's just kind of iffy in terms of, you know, pro- not even in terms of production. He's just not always the same guy. But who, who do you see making a difference? Because I, like I said, I see Will Anderson as the biggest difference maker who's not a skill position guy. Well, I mean, one of the, one of the, I'll start with Alabama. I've got a couple for, for each team. I think one for Alabama is one guy who's not going to be playing. That's John Mechie. I think they'll, they'll miss him because he was always there to take the attention away from Jameson Williams. And, you know, we saw against Cincinnati that Jameson Williams wasn't as effective as when he has been partnered up with Mechie throughout the season. So is that a bit of a blueprint? Obviously, you're going up against a better defense now as, as you know, from Cincinnati to Georgia, although, you know, Cincinnati is still a good defense, especially in the secondary with the likes of Gardner and Bryant and people like that. But I think with, with him, he has now got to do it all on his own, as in, as in Jameson Williams. I mean, and they'll, they'll miss John Metcher. So I think he, although he's not going to be in the game, is a big, big miss because, you know, it just helps take the attention away from the main guy. And I mean, on the side of Alabama's defense, like you say, Will Anderson is, is the guy, isn't he? You know, if he can wreck the game, and get to Stetson and cause not even maybe not even cause like fumbles or sack fumbles and things like that. Maybe just pressure him into throwing interceptions because it's sometimes that way around, isn't it? That the, the defensive lineman gets the pressure or the linebacker gets the pressure and that makes the throw off. And then you get the interception of that. And that will come from that, even though he doesn't record anything in the box score. So yeah, Will Anderson and uh, John Metchier is my kind of uh, other key player and, and whether Jameson Williams can kind of really come to the fore because you know, in Georgia secondary, you've got a couple of guys down there as well that are going to be able to lock him up potentially. And um, you know, which they didn't do last time, but that's when Mechie was playing. And then for Georgia, what, oh sorry, carry on. What about Slade Bolden? Because he had a very good game against he Cincinnati. Did. He had and, a good, and good he's, game. He's yeah. been, you know, he's from Louisiana, so as we know, he's a very solid player. But like in in that Cincinnati game, he really kind of because he's never really putting up monster numbers. But in that Cincinnati game, he was a very reliable receiver yeah, in that yeah. game and and you know like I said he's not a crazy athlete or whatever but he, he was definitely a threat in that game do you see him being a difference maker in this national championship game I mean it's one of them isn't it where he is like almost that stereotypical kind of white wide receiver right where he's kind of like you know doing the dirty work and he's kind of getting some plays in there but he's not going to break the game open himself so with that you know taking like you say, he did play well against Cincinnati, but playing against Georgia is a different kettle of fish. And if they'll be able to lock him up, then maybe they can negate him because, like you say, he's not the crazy athlete that he is. If he can make some plays, and it's a little bit like, I know it's again using the stereotype a little bit, it's kind of like Julian Edelman, right, in the Super Bowl, making plays where he had to, you know, they had to have them plays and he went and made it. You know, if Bolden can pull out a couple of rabbits out of the hat like that, then yeah, of course. But third, big third down passes, etc. Exactly. Where it's yeah. not a big, deep route, but you can get him in the middle of the field 
and he's got a safe pair of hands on him. Exactly, exactly, because he does kind of fit into that stereotype a lot. And he has made a lot of plays, you know, over the course of this season, and especially, like I say, last last time out. You know, so, yeah, I think he's, he's one to look out for. I don't know if he'll be, like, the player of the game or, you know, the guy who puts up a massive box score. But like you say, key third downs, key fourth downs, if he, if he gets into it, then, yeah, 100% could be one to watch out for. Yeah. And then flipping over then to, to, to Georgia... Then I think you've kind of taken one. I mean, obviously it's the running backs, isn't it, as, as a whole, and just making sure that as I've said before, going back to the control of the game when they've got to do, they've got to control those drives, and those two guys are going to be key, key for it. And then the other one, like we said before, flipping over to Alabama's running game and stopping Brian Robinson, you've got to have the linebackers on on you know on top on top top form to stop them kind of you know getting in there, making your tackles, don't let anyone slip away. And that was obviously where Nicobe Dean's going to come into it, and he's going to be wanting to put on a big show with the draft coming up and things like that. This is obviously everyone watching and he's going to want to cement himself as a first round pick. And he's been absolutely amazing all season from what I've seen from when I've watched Georgia. And the clip- that Bama line will move people. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Let's, let's make no mistake. You've that's the closest you'll get into an... run fills with, with your linebackers. Yeah. Cause that's the closest you'll get in, in college to an NFL line. Sure, it, yeah. It's ridiculously talented. So Nakobe Dean, I think yeah, his draft stock might, his draft stock's either going to shoot up or shoot down. I think. Depending <laughs> on how he plays this game, <laughs> yeah, it could be. You know, it's it's definitely. I mean, you mentioned too early, didn't you? You know, there's got to be some sort of player that comes from this that maybe wasn't being talked about as much. I know we we've talked about Dean a lot throughout the season, but you know, it really does elevate them into that next sort of group and that next tier. And he he could definitely be one of those. You know, he'd go from like a first round pick to a top fifteen, top twenty pick. So yeah, it's all there for him on the line. Like you say, stopping Brian Robinson is going to be a big key to George's game. So. As much as there's a load of players, you know, we could have named a whole bunch of players. You know, we could have named Jordan Davis, Dante Wyatt, on George's line and things like that. And they've got to have a great game against that offensive line, as you mentioned. It's chock full of great players and great, you know, stories throughout this game. But yeah, I'd pick out those few that I've just kind of run through um, for my kind of key players outside the QBs. Yeah, it, that, that's that's the thing. With both teams, they are so chock full of NFL talent. It's, mm. it, you know, like I've said a million times, I hate saying it because I sound like a boring old man, but it's just going to come down to coaching. Because mm. they are just, every young man on this squad is just talented. And I think you could take majority of both rosters and slot them in the NFL and then they would, you know, at least fill roles fairly competently. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, then let's kind of work towards closing this out then. Let's talk about some actual keys of the game then. I guess we've kind of talked about a lot of this, but distill the points that you've made throughout the pod down into a couple of key factors for each team. Start off with Alabama and I'll give you mine because I've kind of covered my George ones already. You say start with Bama? Yeah, start with Bama. A couple of keys to the game. Like what's going to you know be the reasons why they win this game? Get Bryce Young hot early. Get him ah. hot early. Utilise Brian Robinson on early downs. And then when it comes to the defence, get in Stetson Bennett's face. You have the defence to suffocate him. Yeah. And we've clearly clearly shown in that SEC Championship game, if you put enough pressure on him, he's going to make mistakes. Yeah. So just consistent pressure on defence and then just take offence a play at a time. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go along with that for Alabama. I've put down here, yeah, ball up the Georgia rushing attack and challenge Stetson Bennett to beat you because you know we've talked about the disparity between the two quarterbacks and it's it's a it's a big one. So you know you've got to let him kind of beat you if you're going to lose it. And then secondly, yeah, the quick passing attack to negate Georgia's front early on, as you kind of mentioned, get Bryce Young, get those completions going, lots of screens, 
yeah, get some screens going, just negate John Davis, negate Devontae Wyatt, negate the running back, maybe a bit of misdirection, you know, with the, with the linebackers and with the running backs, things like that. Get them going early, have success, and then it sets you up for a platform then to go on and win the game. RPOs, I think, will be helpful because if they can just get passes out, you know, bubble screen here or there, couple RPOs, just just things that keep them on their toes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What about George? Then? I've kind of covered mine already, you know, control and sustaining drives and then obviously negate Will Anderson as well. But that's my kind of two. But what about yourself? What about for Georgia? How do they win this game? Run the ball down their throat. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely on offense, run the ball down their throat. You are not going to win this game if you are having to make Stetson Bennett make the plays. It's just, I, and I don't, he's probably a nice guy. He's not that level of quarterback. He's not a Sunday player, right? Yeah, yeah, he's not a Sunday player, like I said. So Georgia, very early, going to have to establish a dominant run game. Once again, very easy throws for Stetson Bennett. Rubs give him safety valves. Um, Anything you can do to make his life easier. And then on defense, do what you can to just get some hits on Bryce Young. Because like I said, in that Cincy game, he kind of unraveled a bit once he took a, a couple big hits. And that is literally just because of his inexperience. He's only a sophomore. He's, this is his first season starting as a quarterback. So get hits on him. And that is easier said than done. That Alabama offensive line is serious. Mm. But Cincy disrupted him quite a lot and put a few decent hits on him. So if they can do that and just get him in his own head a, a little bit, that is where they're going to win. But run game first for them because they have exceptional running backs in Zamir Wyatt and Cook, guys who who definitely can both play on Sunday. If they can, they can, yeah, establish that run game early and run the motherfucker down their throat because they're not <laughs> going to be able to keep up if you do that. Yeah, absolutely. No, completely, completely agree with that. Up tempo as well. I would like to see that from Georgia. Like, for, like sprinkle in, like first drive of the game, up tempo. Do not huddle the entire first drive. Mm. Then take a couple slow drives, and then again hit them with the tempo. Just when Bama are getting comfortable and feel like you're in a rhythm, switch up the tempo and just just keep go 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 go. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a legit legit tactic for sure. No, I like it. I like the sound of that. So that kind of brings then towards the end of the podcast. And I guess there's one thing to do as I mentioned before. We're going to make some predictions. Georgia opened up the two and a half point favourite with the under over 52. So it kind of boils into what you said um, earlier on when you said that it was going to be a bit of a low scoring game. Obviously, Alabama put up 52 on their own last year <laughs> against Ohio State. So, um, you know, Georgia's the narrow favourite with the bookies obviously expecting a bit of a low scoring affair. What do you reckon? Maybe not a score if you want to just give it like a victory margin or something like that. Because that's what I'm going to go for. <laughs> my head and my ego says Alabama. Uh-huh. But my heart and my pride say Georgia. Um, it's a tough one, but if if I'm going to be 100 percent real and just off we see in the season, I think Alabama. I'll say 34 to 17. Okay, oh, it's quite a decent victory margin then for sure. Like, like I said earlier, we we're talking analytics. The average college football game, the average di- you know difference in score is 21. Uh, hmm. 20.7 points. So yeah. I, I'm being a little bit analytical by that. Okay. Fucking hate Alabama, but it's also <laughs> Georgia losing. So, well, to be fair, I'm going to join you a little bit. You know, pretty similar. I was having to think about this before we got on, and I've jotted down Alabama by ten. So I don't think it was super super high scoring. I think, like you said before, it's going to be you know potentially a short game because there's going to be a lot of running in this game. I think a lot be... of Alabama's points are going to come late. By the way, I think like in the fourth quarter, like Georgia's defense is going to be. We saw it against Cincinnati. They really played up tempo. Um, 
quite often with that run game, which gassed Cincinnati's defense. Those motherfuckers was blowing out of their ass after the first drive. Uh, and we saw that's when they opened up the big passing plays. But I think it would be fairly even until like midway through the, the fourth quarter. And then Ale- Bryce Young's just going to have a couple bombs that make it into the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a threat, isn't it? You know, and it, I just kind of popped into head then just as you uh, were talking about a bomb going over the top. It's probably one of those where someone might take a deep shot really early, first, second drive of the game, uh, first, second player of the game, sorry, and just look if they can ca- ca- uh, catch someone sleeping there in the secondary. So, no, yeah, we're obviously both going for an Alabama win, both relatively, you know, comfortably as well, you know, by a touchdown or more. So, yeah, we'll see. Obviously, we'll come back, obviously, next week and, and kind of be talking about this one. And obviously, the whole college football world will be talking about it as well. So, yeah, we'll close that out there. Um, obviously, like I said before, we're going to move over to talking more about the draft after this episode and after we've kind of had our um, kind of, you know, once the dust has settled on the national championship and we'll be kind of working through a draft pod series. We've got some guests lined up to come on. We're going through kind of building towards our draft guide coming out in, uh, you know, just before the draft in the end of March, April time. Um, so yeah, no, stick with us. Um, we're, we're signing out, you know, we'll see who comes out on top of this national championship. But one thing's for sure, should be a great game between two great teams, right? Yeah, as much as, you know, I hate both teams with a burning passion, um, they're both very good football teams. And it, it, I can put the colours away for, for a second and enjoy the football. Yes, I hate Nick Saban. I think he's a grumpy old man who just doesn't know how to have fun. And I think Kirby Smart is a ridiculous human being who, you know, if, if he was good at coaching, would be Lane Kiffin. Um, sorry, if he was bad at coaching, he'd be yeah. Lane Kiffin just because he's such a ridiculous human. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to be a good game. If you like football, if you like watching some flashy quarterback play from Bryce Young and some suffocating defense, it's going to be a fun game, regardless of who you choose to support. Unless you just like really, really, really hate both of these teams, in which case, you know, go to bed early, have your Horlicks or whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, no, nice to round it off. Yeah, we'll be back, obviously, to discuss this and more. Um, but no, stick with us um, at the full 10 yards and we will speak to you very, very soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards. Thank you for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We have great information and some great content for you guys. Keep on flying that flag.